What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And oh my gosh, we are digging into overthinking today. Yeah. It is a very, it's a meaty one. It is a meaty one. It's something we've uh, definitely touched on before. And I feel like it's something that we always have more to say with it. And like yes. the older we get, the more experiences we have. It just feels like, oh man, there's so many things I wish I could tell a younger me about tips for overthinking exactly i mean i overthought this episode even so i'm gonna probably <laughs> use that as an example i'm like yeah it's a it's a real meaty like it's, you got a lot of stew to sift through in this episode for sure um but before we get into all of it we're gonna talk about you know what is overthinking exactly kind of the different ways we overthink tips examples all of that but Kels, uh, where are you performing coming up? Yeah, so I was just in Dania Beach, Florida over the weekend. So if we had helpsters come out, thank you so much. And then, ooh, my fall is getting pretty crazy. So in September, I'm going to be in Fort Collins and Louisville. In October, I will be in Spokane and Cleveland. November, I will be in Grand Rapids, Washington, D.C., Nashville, Huntsville, and Atlanta. And then in December, I'm in Boston and in Tampa. So you can go to KelseyCook.com and get some tour date tickets. I would love to see you guys on the road. Nice. Very exciting. Thank you. Um, yeah. Hey, and if you like podcasts, uh, I got another podcast called Career Crush, uh, totally free, available at my website, DelaneyFisher.com. 
just interviewed a few people. Uh, I've, I'm having so much fun. I'm learning so much from my guests, um, things about myself that are kind of coming up that wouldn't have come up uh, without these interviews. It's all very fun. Um, interviewed a writer who writes queer vampire romance novels. I mean, oh, wow. you can't get any more specific than that. Yeah. Um, a whole series of them interviewed somebody who is a, di a diversity, equity, and inclusion um, expert, has a consultancy, and really opens up about like what it's like having emotional labor as part of your day-to-day. -day. Super fascinating. Learned so much there. Yeah. I'm, we're just having a blast. I'm doing some solo episodes, um, kind of like how-tos and things like that, just questions based on what we're getting in via email from uh, my email list. So it's just, I'm learning so much and mm -hmm. I'm having so much fun and all these different industries and projects and stuff. So would love to have you over there. DelaneyFisher.com. It's a private show, but it's totally free. Incredible. Check it out. Yes. Fun time. And you Fun have time. a quotable, right, Del? Yes. Okay. I found this one. I thought it was very uh, relevant to today's topic. So it's anonymous. I don't know who to attribute it to, but it says, overthinking, the art of creating new problems out of ones that never existed in the first place. It's <laughs> 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 so fucking true. God. Um, yeah. It's it's so true and it's so unfortunate because even knowing that doesn't make me stop overthinking. I know. I mean, I hear that quote and I'm like, well, should we just stop recording for the day? Because <laughs> right? what else are we going to say that is more, succ more succinct and more just uh, the answer to the problem than that quote, than that quotable? Yes. I, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes in life you become aware of something and then I feel like you can improve upon it. Yeah. I feel like the more like the more aware I become of my overthinking, the more it leads to overthinking <laughs> about my overthinking. I like it's overthinkception. I don't know. It fucking sucks. Um, but yeah. like throughout the years, I've definitely developed a lot of like exercises for myself that help me like pull myself out of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to just start off with kind of like what is overthinking. Mm -hmm. um, this is from an article from Amaha, a mental health um, uh, website. And it says overthinking is a term used to describe repetitive, unproductive contemplation. Um, mm. So the thoughts, of course, can be about a variety of subjects. Um, and it's, tr you know, research has traditionally distinguished between rumination, which is like about the past and present, and anxiety, which is about the future. Mm. So no matter what kind of terminology we're using, it's referring to just persistent thought loops that don't really seem to have an end. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh overthinking. <laughs> we're so close. We're, we are BFFs. Yes. Do you do you find that there's a particular either time in your life or area of your life where overthinking seems to happen the most? I think for me, um, it overwhelmingly it's about my professional life and professional career life. and okay. creative projects. I don't do a ton. I I still do some overthinking personally, but I do feel like it's definitely the professional stuff outweighs my personal stuff. What about you, Kels? Yeah, I agree. Professional stuff, definitely. And I think socially a lot for me, I've noticed that a lot of my overthinking has died down since I haven't lived in LA. 
because oh interesting at least in comedy you know there's so much there's so much socializing everybody talks about the hang with comedy right that it's it's not just going and doing shows it's like you have to go hang out and socialize and network and man I would leave so many nights like that where I would be out hanging out with other comedians and then the whole ride home I would be way overthinking everything I said, wondering if I was awkward or if something I said got taken the wrong way or, you know, it just, that was a lot for me (laughs) because I'm, even though I'm a performer for a living and we do this podcast, I am pretty introverted socially when I'm in a large setting. I'm not the social butterfly that's like popping between all these groups, you know, I, I kind of like to find one person that I'm close to and just yeah. kind of, I, I way prefer one-on-one conversations or if it's like a group conversation is with best friends, it's people I'm very comfortable with. And yeah. yeah, that, that has taken a huge load off my mind to not be in those settings all the time anymore. Cause that's, that's a lot for me. That makes so much sense. It's also making me realize that I think the the less social I've become throughout the years, just by default of just lifestyle changes and stuff like that, I think that's probably why it feels more off balance to me now. You oh, know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where like, okay, oh, I'm not doing stand up anymore, but you're meeting new people every almost every night when you're doing that job. Yeah. Um, or you know, you're out and about meeting new people, or just you know, when I was younger, I just that's what I wanted to do more often is just like be in a lot of social situations. Yeah. But I'm not really doing that anymore. So that's probably why I don't feel like I overthink so much socially or personally because I've actually opting out of a lot of those situations. Yes. Yes. And now the folk the focus is it's more like, well, I'm just I mean, I know I work from home, I hang out from home. I do things from home. I, I go out still sometimes, but so much of it is just based on you know, my own environment that I've created for myself. So I think it's just naturally removed some of those things, but I still think they would be there if I was in those settings regularly. Yeah. I think with overthinking, you have to have your own set of tools for how to manage it because the solution isn't, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but more often than not, it's not going to be that you go live by yourself in the woods in the middle of nowhere and you don't have a job and you don't ever see anybody. It's like, we are all still going to have to be in situations where overthinking can right. crop up. So that's when you have to, you know, find what works best for you to to move through that. Absolutely. Although it does sound nice going in the middle of nowhere, living it. <laughs> Listen, I'm <laughs> in the cabin right now. In a tiny house. <laughs> I'm in the cabin right now, and I've I've definitely been living that life. I tell you, it's pretty nice. That's right. That's what that's what my brain goes where I'm like, wow, that would be that would be ideal. But I know that once I was there, I'd be overthinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> and all the things that I probably should be involved in that I'm not because now I live in a in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in a tiny little in a tiny little house. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting to note on this article, it says, um, research, research suggests that 73% of 25 to 35 year olds overthink. Very interested to see what the percentage would be after somebody hits 35. Um, unless that that was just like who they, you know, surveyed or whatever their Mm -hmm. research, you know, that's the demographic their research was about. But I'm wondering how this changes as we age. We'd have to probably get an expert on who can tell us if there's any differences. And they also said that women have a tendency to overthink more than men. 
um, based on these studies, which is a whole other situation. Yeah. makes a lot of sense because, you know, we're kind of taught to not trust ourselves as much or as quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then, and, and then basically overthinking if you're, if you're curious, like, why does the human brain even do this? What's the point? It keeps us alive, right? If you're kind of, you're, you're problem solving, it's a survival mechanism. However, people who have experienced, um, you know, certain traumas definitely overthink a lot more and become more hypervigilant. So overthinking has definitely been related to anxiety, trauma, depression. So if it, it really is like, getting in the way of you feeling like you have control or you can manage your day-to-day life, definitely seek a professional who can help you with all of that. Um, but yeah, so it's just really fascinating just the science behind why our brains do this. Cause it's like, we don't, we don't need a lot of this anymore. Can we just right. get rid of this with our next evolution as human beings? I'm done with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's also a really yeah. huge correlation between overthinking and perfectionism. Because I think a lot of my overthinking stems from a place of just trying to make sure everything is perfect, which of course is not attainable, but it's like a, yeah, it's, it's protection, it's survival, it's trying to make sure that whatever I'm doing is going to result in the best outcome and it's, it's exhausting. Absolutely. Kels, is there like an example that pops up for you where you feel like something that you really overthought that was causing you a lot of stress, whether it was recent or in the past, anything like that, that pops up. Yeah. So professionally, and I I know I mentioned this a little bit, but anytime I have to do something that is uh, a bigger deal or more pressure than my day-to-day work uh, as a comic, that overthinking really kicks into gear. And I have learned, especially this year, that it's it's actually doing me a disservice. I used to look at overthinking as like, this is how you protect yourself from failure. And I learned this year that some of it, especially if you're overdoing it, it backfires. So I mentioned that when I did the Tonight Show this year, you know, it was the second time doing it. I had really overthought it my first time. Just so much anxiety leading into it. And then... This time, I I really got in my head about uh, if I was going to, like, go blank on stage. I became kind of fixated on this fear of, like, what if you get up there and go blank? And what that did is it made me stop trusting myself. It made me feel like I had to overprepare in this crazy way of, like, running the set a million times and, and all this stuff. And what that ultimately did is it it got me way out of my element because that's not how I am for a normal show. And I know it's, I know doing the tonight show is not doing a normal set at night, but what my therapist had helped me understand is like, I was giving myself this constant messaging of, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. You're going to make a mistake unless you do this a million times. And, um, that was a shitty lesson to learn. I mean, everything on The Tonight Show still went great, um, but I was exhausted. I I didn't feel like myself going into the taping. I had absolutely run myself into the ground. And I don't want things in my future to feel like that. I don't want the next big yeah. opportunity I get to be something I dread because I'm right. like, oh my God, I'm going to make myself sick getting ready for this. I don't want to live like that. 
So it was a hard lesson to learn, but uh, that was something I've learned I need to work on with myself is really trusting that I do know what I'm doing and that overthinking did not serve me. It, it totally yeah. backfired in that, in that sense. So that's, that to me is like a, a pretty big one of recent times. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of, it's interesting to like, think of, think of that through a different lens is like, do we have an overthinking problem or do we have like a trust problem? You know, where it's like when you trust yourself, if you trust yourself, look, I trust myself that I'm going to figure it out as it comes. Look at all the things that I've gotten through before. I trust that I'm resourceful. I trust that I'm going to act with integrity, all of that. But when you have that grounded trust in yourself, you can often become unshakable with external Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, of course shit happens, but if you know that you're going to do the best, uh, you know, the best that you can with what you're given at that time and all of that, it does really help with that anxiety. So it's really interesting how like self-trust can be an antidote to like some of those overthinking spirals, you know? Totally. Um, Even thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take you down a very, very scary little uh, (laughs) thought loop of my own. Okay. Um, I was about to ask, what's the recent (laughs) one for you? Here's what happened to me when even we, you know, talked talked about this episode. And here's the thing. I was like, I want to do an episode about this. So you'd think I would be better prepared mentally, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, and so I thought this here's kind of the 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 order things kind of went in. At first I thought, okay, I'm gonna think of every situation I've ever overthought in my life. Wait a minute, that doesn't work. That's too many situations. Okay, Delaney, no. Just pick your top thing from <sighs> your personal life, your professional life, and maybe your health. And maybe we'll do three examples. Okay, wait, I can only think of one example. That's not going to work. Maybe not the top three. Okay, let's just do whatever comes to mind. Okay, now nothing's coming to mind. This is going to be weird. Um, And then it's like, oh, wait, I wonder if we've done a topic about this before. You know what? I should really ask Humera if we've done a topic about this because we'll need to make sure we have different titles about overthinking. Okay, now we go into, wait a minute. I I haven't written any bullet points down at all, so now I can't can't have no bullet points because if I show up with nothing, then I black out and I don't say shit on the podcast. Okay, so we knew it at least three. Um, let's do at least three bullet points. Okay, now there's too much pressure on just the top three bullet points for the episode. Oh, okay, no. that's just, I mean, that is just a little, that's a little sneak peek at my brain every day. So when I thought about let's sit wow. down and talk about overthinking, it was too much because this is kind of my this is kind of my default. And, and so that was very telling of like, wow, I'm even overthinking about an episode about overthinking. And so what I had to literally do was say, okay, why don't you just talk about the fact that you overthought about this episode? Because at least you can go a little deeper into that versus going kind of wide and surfacey with a lot of other things that are on your mind. Yeah. So I had to literally pinpoint it to the most, most recent (laughs) situation because there was just too much. I was being over, I was being flooded and overloaded. Wow. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. 
a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. How are you not yeah. asleep by 2 p.m. every day? Oh, that's why I can only work a few hours a day just because oh, my brain is so done. And it's not that I, I obviously you don't want to be thinking like that. Like I don't, yeah. that's not what I'm wanting to happen, but that's what I have to sift through with pretty much every decision and most moments of my day. And it's not like I'm pacing around my house in absolute chaos. It's just there. Like I could look totally calm to somebody in my presence, but in my head that is what's going on yeah it's like people who are functioning alcoholics you're like a functioning overthinker yes yes and I've even overthought about like what is going on in my brain you know Cam doesn't seem to have these Mm -hmm. same kind of thought loops like is this anxiety is this trauma is it both is it ADHD is it you know what I mean am I hyper vigilant because of things from my past even that exhausts me because in this day and age, I feel like you can get a lot of diagnoses for all kinds of things. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, is any of this right? You know, or like, yeah. is nothing right? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, guys, but that that's just honestly how my brain functions. And there's certain things where I can be very present and it's not happening. But if I'm on my own deciding something or preparing something, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. Can I ask, and you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable, but have you talked about this in therapy? Yeah. And, and, you know, different things, trauma, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's nature versus nurture or mixture of both, nobody really has any definitive things. It's more just like what tools seem to help you. And I know for like for today, we had a scheduled podcast recording. So my brain is like, you have to figure this out because you have an appointment, basically. Mm -hmm. So just whatever you decide, that's what you're going with. But when I don't have a real deadline or appointment, I usually just overthink myself into an action in action. And then I don't do anything. Oh, or or I do some kind of version of it later or something. So, yeah, I mean that's that's the just the reality <laughs> that's so how does 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 any of that resonate with how you operate or like what was your thought process today for today's episode I'm so curious like how did you prepare yeah so my brain kind of <laughs> thought of a few different categories so at first I was like yeah. um what how does overthinking come up for me in different parts of my life? So like we talked about professionally, it's something that pops up for both of us. But I also thought about how I deal with overthinking in my relationship too. And how Chad and I have, you know, we are just in such a great place with communication where we, we know that we both have times where we overthink things where one of us will say something that the other person will go, oh, huh, I wonder if when they said that, 
did that mean that? Or did that mean that? Or, you know, because we all come into relationships with our own set of, of insecurities, of, of trauma, of past memories. And so he and I, I think sometimes our default is to try to just figure it out on our own without talking about it with the other and just kind of trying to like let it go or, or work through it. And what we've found is the most helpful is that we just ask the other person. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, that seems like such a duh thing, but that's really taken a lot of communication with each other and a lot of trust that like, hey, I know what I'm about to ask might sound really silly to you. But when you said this, did you mean this or did you mean this? And then it's like, you just talk about it. And then all of a sudden that overthinking process is done. Right. And it's so right. great. And um, it's funny because I feel like he and I are are strong communicators on the you know spectrum of whatever good communication is. And even yeah. for us, sometimes it's like uh, it, it can take a lot to just go, hey, can I talk to you about this? Because sometimes you're like, oh, I just want to have a, a simple day. Like I don't want to get into a whole big conversation, but I've learned that for us, that's the best way to handle things is to not try to like sit and ruminate on something. It's like, just talk about it. Right. Just ask. And we always figure it out. So that was something that was like, oh yeah, I, I overthink in, in relationships. I overthink in friendships. I overthink with family things. I think any... Anytime yeah. you have a close relationship in your life, there are so many times where you're like, oh, shit, I, I wonder if they took what I said the wrong way or what, like you just have to be able to communicate. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel yeah, like it makes a lot of sense? Do you feel like you have that in your relationships, too? I feel like I do sometimes, but it's definitely for some reason very prevalent in my professional life. Mm -hmm. Like it really is. And I whether it's, you know, the way that I grew up and the perfectionism and kind of overachieving mentality or whatever it is, that seems to be very prominent. I feel like in my personal life, I can, um, I, like what you said, Kels, like mm -hmm. if you ask the other person or you talk about it, there doesn't, it's not that same kind of overthinking. Right. I don't know. Like I, I can, I can uh, relieve that a lot easier in my personal stuff yeah. than my business stuff for some reason um but yeah I mean I I understand the roots of of the cause and you know just different environments growing up and stuff like that and but it's weird it's like the same thing even if you uncover why you might be that way when you feel like you have to be a little bit more hyper vigilant or something it doesn't just disappear now right. you have to just work with I know about I know this thing but now how do I remind myself that I'm in a different environment now as an adult. I don't have to be as hyper vigilant, you know, or right. whatever. Like it, it's so, it's so strange that your brain and body can be reacting in similar ways to what it used to, but it doesn't need that anymore. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I will say too, when you were <clears throat> talking about how there are different age groups that struggle with overthinking, maybe more so yeah. than others. So for me, being on the birth control I was on for whatever that was, 12, 13 years for most of my 20s. Actually, I'm sorry, for all of my 20s. And it was like a little bit of the late teens, a little bit of early 30s. That mm. created so much extra anxiety for me. I was overthinking everything. 
And I would be yeah. so curious to know what my brain, what my thought process would have been during those years if I wasn't on the pill. I mean, I'm sure there's still, I, I know I'm a bit of an anxious person anyway, but God, I, I could not believe once I got off the pill, how much my overthinking slowed down. Like things yeah. just come to a conclusion in my mind so much more easily now rather than yeah. like a constant ruminating of it. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm I'm just interested to know how it's going to be in like our 40s, 50s, mm -hmm. all that. You know, I talk to people who are older and it's like, yeah, I just naturally give less, less shits now. I just naturally yeah. don't overthink about the same things. And maybe maybe having kids did that for somebody or just, you know, getting older did that or, you know, certain grief or loss people have experienced. But um, yeah, I'm just really interesting to see how like this will evolve in, in, in both of us based on where we're at now. Cause yeah, I can look back in my twenties and I definitely felt like I ruminated more about my social life and personal relationships than I did like career stuff. And now it's like very opposite. Yeah. So weird. So, yeah. so weird. And you mentioned overthinking in preparation for this podcast. I overthink so much while we're recording yeah. the podcasts where- right. Everything that's coming out of my mouth, even as I'm talking right now, I'm like, yes, in my head, trying to make sure that I'm conveying correctly. They <laughs> look at me like I'm like, like having trouble right. even talking as I'm trying to explain this. But it's just like, it is hard. Public speaking is hard. I do it for a living and yeah. it's hard because it's like, we know that you listeners can listen to anything. I mean, you can turn our podcast off at any second and just be like, oh, this is like, I'm not interested in this episode or right. or maybe they're not getting to the point fast enough. I, I'm always in my head thinking, okay, are we giving yeah. our listeners a good show? And um, I try to be as personal as I can on the show. But also in the time we've been doing the podcast, I've become way more mindful of like what I actually want to share on the show yeah. because our show got so much bigger over time yeah. than when we started. So when we started, it was like, felt like, we forgot that we were recording <laughs> like we were just yes! the yes! three of us having <gasps> conversations as best friends and then you get older and yeah. uh the the show has gotten bigger and I'm just I'm very aware of like what do I want to share of my personal life even if yeah. I think there are great things that maybe could be super helpful to other people to hear that I've gone yeah. through like you guys know I didn't even open up about what was going on with my mom for like two years because right. that's such a personal, private thing. I so overthought that. I so overthought, like, do I want to let strangers into my world in this way? So mm -hmm. there's constant overthinking <laughs> when we record. Constant. Mm -hmm. Constant. I totally resonate that with that. And I'm I, sometimes something will come up where I'm like, God, I would love to be able to talk about this on the podcast. But in yeah. reality, I probably won't be able to talk about this until I'm like 60. Yeah. You know? Or like I, if the show is still there, maybe I'll be able to bring it up then. Or I, I would love to be able to talk about this, but I do. I would not have somebody else's permission to talk about this. Right. So therefore I can't and I have to prioritize my personal relationships and, and my life over bringing this to the podcast and then it's like well what's a happy medium could we get an expert on the podcast 
to talk about this topic, but I'm not talking about yes. how it personally relates to me because it is really important, but I'm not able to share how it relates to me at this time, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, how do we still bring that value? But we also have to be mindful about our own mental health and the, the reality of our own life and relationships too. And I mean, I could only do this podcast because it is just me and you recording right now. I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if we were able to see all the people that actually tune into the episodes, I would shut down. I wouldn't, I have terrible stage fright. I wouldn't be able to share free, as freely as I do, yeah. but my mind definitely has to be tricked into being as vulnerable as I am on the, on the show. Yeah. Um, you even saw like when we, when we did live shows, those handful of live shows, I was, I definitely froze more. I definitely felt it, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just, just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's constant overthinking. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It does help to talk about it. Like yeah, it every is. now and then on the podcast to be like, this is, uh, it's more of a feeling of stage fright than I had yeah. ever experienced before in the podcast, but it's just trying to make sure that like I'm sharing the things I want, that I feel proud of the episodes we put out, but that I also am protecting my, my personal life and my loved ones that like you said, right. they, it's not their choice to have their lives talked about on here. So I'm just really, right. You know, I just think about that stuff, but um, yeah. Yeah. Should we get um, into some tips of of the things we do when we find ourselves overthinking to help get us out of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, based off what you just said, Kels, this isn't on my list, but it just came up. The, yeah. Um, being in your head about like, I want to make sure that people feel engaged with what we're talking, like all that kind of stuff, right? I've, my rule of thumb now uh, is just kind of like, if I feel engaged and I'm excited and I'm into it, that's kind of all I have control over, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to podcasting and things like that, or just any kind of creative thing or project that I make is, was I engaged and into it at that time? Then that's really all I, that's my compass now, because yeah. really you can, you know, you just can't please everybody about everything. But, um, yeah, anyway, I got lots of, lots of tips on my list, but what's, what's one of your, what's one of your top ones? So I want to start my tips with talking about the four agreements, which actually got brought up in a recent episode as well. And it's something we've, we've done a full episode on, but I think it's one of those great kind of touchstones to come back to because it's so applicable for so many different topics. But I think the four agreements can help me stop a, an overthinking process in its tracks. So just a reminder of what the four agreements are. It's number one, be impeccable with your word. Um, speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. All of that stuff. So it's like if you are saying what you actually feel is your truth, it's like, well, then it's hard to overthink it because you said what yeah. you were supposed to say right? Yep. Number two, don't take anything personally. Ooh. <laughs> so hard. So hard. <laughs> that one is so hard for me. Um, nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do as a result of their own dream or perception of their rules. We all make rules about how things should be, but I'm trying to uh, paraphrase yeah. because there's a little paragraph that comes with each one. And if you don't know, by the way, The Four Agreements is, is a book that's very popular and as a way of living that a lot of people have um, taken on now but so that's number two number three don't make assumptions Ugh, that's mm -hmm. another one I really struggle with I assume a lot of the time when I'm in a, a 
process of overthinking that it's like worst case scenario. Like whatever I'm thinking yeah. is happening, which is my fear, that's what I'm assuming is happening. And it very rarely is the actual case. Right. Um, right. And then number four, always do your best. Man, that one has stayed with me so much since we first talked about the four agreements. It's like, if you really are always doing your best, you can't beat yourself up. Right. And that was something I, God, probably one of the very top things I struggled with, especially in my 20s, was like, I would look at something I did the previous day, the previous week, the previous month, and be like, God, why why, why did you make that mistake? Why did you do that? You could have done that better. And it's like, but that version of you couldn't have because right. she was doing her best. So when I think of life like that now, oh man, I have such a better relationship with myself and the past versions of myself. Mm. It's like, you did the best you could do at that time. So yeah. um, those just it's just a reminder. Those four agreements, I think, help a lot with, with uh, processes of beating yourself up and all that. Oh man. Yeah. We've never talked about, you've never brought up how like the four agreements are helpful with overthinking. And it's so interesting to hear it from that perspective because every single one is so helpful for this exact thing. Yeah. Just like living your life by those, those four agreements will naturally kind of help with probably the, the overthinking spirals. Um, those are really good. So, so good. Um, I feel like a lot of mine are kind of around certain logistics or action steps or things that I do when I catch myself into, in, in one of those. Um, one is that thinking of something as one of many. So for example, overthinking about today's podcast episode, I'm like, this is just one of many more podcast episodes mm. we're going to be able to record. We're going to do this indefinitely, right? This could yeah. be years and years more worth more shows and all that stuff. And so I like to tell myself, look, if there's something that I didn't get to talk about today or I, I, I thought that I messed up on or I thought was important, just bring it up on another episode in the future yeah. or in a few months say, hey, Kels, can we do another overthinking episode and let's do it from this angle instead, right? Like even if we never do that, it really relieves me in my own brain to say that is an option. You yep. can just let this go now. So one of many things um, uh, is great. So whether you're, you know, whether you're a teacher, it's like this is just one of many classes I'm going to have throughout my career. I'll do things differently next year. Or this, you're a real estate yeah. agent. This is one of many homes I'm going to show to somebody. Just taking the pressure off that one, that one isolated thing. Mm. Um, yeah, this is a something I've talked about several times on the podcast before that my therapist brought up. I'm sure a lot of people have different versions of this. I don't know who to attribute the exact thing to, but the whole worry appointment thing where you catch yourself thinking about something, worrying about something and you say, wait a minute, make a worry appointment in your calendar. Maybe it's once a day at 3 PM or every Thursday at 1 PM, whatever. And you have a worry appointment in your calendar. And that's when you can sit down and worry about everything as much as you want. Um, And so when you catch yourself like, wait, I I actually have penciled this worrying in for tomorrow. Let me just do it then. But what's cool, it's a little bit of a mind fuck that when you get to your worry appointment schedule, you know, scheduled time, a lot of times you don't really need it. 
Um, so just having that option of like, oh, I can think about this later because I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget to worry about this. (laughs) You know, don't worry. I won't forget. (laughs) Um, that super helpful. Great. Great. (laughs) God, such a good one. I use it all the time. Um, business, personal life, everything. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, also, just keeping in mind that people don't care they do not care the way that you care about your own shit because everybody's living in their own heads so the thing that you're ruminating over there is not even on their fucking radar because they got their own jobs and life and family and shit that they're going through they don't care that you that you used purple instead of blue on the font (laughs) on your email right like they don't give a fuck (laughs) so kind of like you know people don't care as much as you do such a helpful helpful reminder oh my gosh that one that's like a write it on your bathroom mirror one for me in terms of how often I need to be reminded of that it's like they're not thinking about you yeah they're not worried about whatever you're worried about how great is that 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 people are not thinking about you all the time what a relief what a fucking relief well and just to pick especially if there's like a particular person like say there's um like a boss figure in your life right in like in your work situation somebody that you feel like oh man maybe i'm maybe you're overthinking something you said to them it's like picture them and what they might be overthinking about and then you realize like there ain't room for you in there because everybody is worried about their own shit Yes. Have you ever been in a situation where you were overthinking about something and then you actually ended up in a situation where you are on the other end of it? So let, like, for example, yeah, let's yeah. say, you know, I've, I've sent an email that I've overthought to shit, whether it was like, I should have said this differently or done this differently. Right. Let's say that I was maybe, um, sending in an email after sending in like a job, like a resume or job application or Mm -hmm. something, right? And overthought the little email or follow-up email or whatever. And then being on the other end of somebody who actually hires people now, when I get that email, I don't think twice about it. Oh, that's a nice email. They wrote about that. Cool. I appreciate the thought. I'm not looking at every fucking word about, oh, this could have been said better and this could... (laughs) God, yes. So helpful to be on that both ends. Yes, I do that with um, with Tommy, my opener, who's been on the podcast, amazing comedian. Uh, I used to overthink so many things when I was on the road with Jim Norton, and because uh, I, I think there's just naturally that that fear when there's somebody who is 
employing you. You yeah. are like trying to make sure you do everything right and and all of that. And so and you know, Jim and I are friends and Tommy and I are friends. And mm-hmm. I have always tried to reassure Tommy if there's ever a time where he cuz you know, he and I will be open with each other if he's like, I'm feeling anxious about this thing, I'm like, don't feel anxious about this. Like, I'm not worried about it. I'm not even thinking right. about it. Like, it, this is nothing. But I really, right. I try to always do whatever I can to help him avoid those feelings. Because I remembered, oh, my God, h- hating feeling so anxious about anything like that. Yes, yes. An, um, another one that really helps me too is just like zooming out, right? We talked about like thinking about yourself at 95 years old. Are you really going to be super stoked that you worried about this thing for three days that you're worrying about right now, right? Like if you Dude, can let it go yes, as your 95-year-old, yeah, if you can let <laughs> it go as your 95-year-old self, then you can let it go today because it does, you know, this little minute thing does not matter in the grand scheme of things so helpful to just give yourself like that force that perspective on you oh man yeah that's what one of my tips right now was is will this matter in one week will this matter in one month will this matter in one year and just like do that until you can feel that it does not matter yes and i oh my gosh that quote that you brought up on one of our last episodes kels that your grandma would say like don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff yeah i love it if i think about it all the time now Oh. Yeah, and it's such a good one for overthinking. Like, really, it's yeah. all small stuff in, in the grand stuff. scheme of things, right? You're yeah. you're alive, right? You're like, I mean, okay, you're gonna yeah. figure things out. You're resourceful. Um, yeah. Another thing that I do, let's say that I'm really ruminating about work stuff, I will just make sure that I do less work that week or that day, where it's a smaller chunk of my time. So let's say that, uh, yeah, for some reason I'm working on a project and I'm really in my head about it. I will just make sure I'm balancing out my life with other things. So I'm going to make sure I see a friend that, you know, that week for dinner or, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, okay, if I just make sure my personal life is taking up more of my pie chart or whatever than my business life, that helps because it reminds me, this is just a very small part of who I am. It's not the whole fucking pie. Um, that helps like, okay, is, is something off balance that you got to rebalance in, in, you know, in your day to day or your month or year or whatever? Yeah. God, that's a good one. <clears throat> one of yeah. my other top tips, this actually came from my, uh, my therapist that I saw when I lived in LA. She was so fantastic. Absolutely loved her. And I think that this piece of advice came up after I done the Tonight Show for the first time. God, the Tonight Show. It's just always, <laughs> just so, so many emotions that go with it. But um, I remember the first time I did it, I made the mistake of like reading like a ton of YouTube comments on the video. And there were like so many amazing ones, but any negative ones, I took it as like, that is the truth of of my performance and my comedy and all this stuff. And like, I don't know. I think back then that was what, seven, six years ago. It's, it's been a long time since I did the first time. I think six years ago. Yeah. And I, uh, God, I just, I didn't understand the concept of trolls really yet. Like I didn't understand that there are so many people in, in this world who are so deeply unhappy 
and will go out of their way to say horrible things just to make themselves feel better right? or to try to bring other people down with them. Like I, I just had a really hard time understanding that. I still have a hard time understanding it because I mean, you will never ever catch me (laughs) being a troll on somebody's page. I mean, that's, that is so wild to me that people leave public mean comments. It's crazy to me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had a hard time going like that is not the truth. I think I felt like, well, if somebody can feel that way, then isn't that true? And it's just like, no. So her advice to me was, well, how, how about you let yourself really go down that line of thought? Why don't you let yourself like try to be your own harshest critic and like actually believe what this person's saying or what you're thinking of yourself? Like really go like, oh, I'm a I'm a terrible comic and see what happens. And it's so funny because when I let myself actually go there and be fully horrible and negative to myself, all of a sudden I came to my own defense. There was another voice yes. in my brain that was like, eh, no, you're not. Like, what, what are you talking about? No. But it took going there to find <laughs> the yeah. other part of me to stand up to that negative voice in my head that was coming from the trolls and uh so sometimes it's like it was almost it was kind of reverse psychology I guess it's like let yourself go there and just see what happens and oh love it yeah that was a really powerful exercise for me that really turned things around I love it I I am such a huge fan of thinking about the worst case scenario I really am because Uh, for me, and it sounds like that's that, yeah, going as deep and dark as you can, I think you realize like, oh, like no matter what, I'm going to be okay. That's the conclusion I get to anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, if this all went away, what would I do? Like thinking about really what I would do. Okay. I'd probably move to this place and I would rebuild my life or I would, I would, you know, quit this thing and start this. I just start thinking about all of the options or things that I do have if everything went away and it makes you it makes me realize like I would I would be devastated but I would be okay I would survive so if I would be if I know that I'd be okay no matter what can I bring the being okay no matter what into like the present moment and be okay now right it's like makes you realize that worst case scenario you still are resourceful enough to think about what you might do next Exactly. You know, but but I, I love that, like coming into your own defense. Yeah, just be as shitty as, to yourself as possible <laughs> and see what happens. Like see, yeah, see how, um, yeah, you, you realize how ridiculous you're being, how mean you're being to yourself. Yeah, ridiculous is a great word for it. It was like, this is ridiculous. This is, this is silly. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. I also like to think about the overthinking I've done in the past and like the result of that or what happened. And um, I don't know why like Instagram comes up as an example, but being being on like social media and I remember like overthinking what color I wanted each highlight bubble to be and like, you know, the brand Uh, colors I wanted on my Instagram and what I wanted my bio to be overthinking about that all the time, changing things, whatever. And it's like, I don't even have Instagram anymore. 
all that thought and overthinking I did about something that isn't even around in my life anymore, I can never get that time back. Yeah. So what am I doing about, what am I mm. doing now that's going to be like my future Instagram account? What's like oh, not going to really be here? Yeah. What's not going to really matter that I'm thinking about in a year, three years, five years? Yeah. Oh, I'm so envious that you don't have social media. <laughs> the amount of that time. That was real bad for my overthinking. That was really bad for me. Oh, it's it's so funny that I haven't even said anything about social media until this point in the episode. But yeah, I mean, that's that is certainly the number one source of my overthinking on a day-to-day basis is social media, 1,000%. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that even touches it. I think it's right. such a right. big part of my life that that's why it didn't even come up as a like, what do I overthink about? It's like that is a built-in part of my brain now is that yeah. I'm just always overthinking what I'm posting on social media. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel yeah, And I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you are able to cope with that day to day kills. I really don't. Like, I think anybody who is on it and is doing it in a way where they can keep doing it. It's like, that takes so much mental gymnastics <laughs> every day, every post, every comment you might accidentally see that is that is such an overwhelming experience uh, in itself, you know. Um, I I also like to think about okay, what can I control versus what I can't. If I'm in an overthinking spiral, mm-hmm. like for example, it's like um, think of an example. It's going okay. So right now, my lit agent is pitching like book ideas and oracle deck ideas and all these concepts and stuff that I've had. And I could either either overthink about that of like, what if, or what if it doesn't or whatever. But what I can control is if I really like a concept enough, I will make it no matter what, right? Like yeah. if it if it doesn't get picked up or whatever, I'm just going to make the book. I'm just going to write the book. I'm just yeah. going to make write the audio book. I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah. there's really nothing to lose because I've already decided that I have control and what would that look like? And then I will allow myself to actually look into that process. What does self-publishing an audiobook look like? What does this thing look like? And I will allow myself to see all the other avenues. And then there's no overthinking to be done because I've made my mind up that if I really care about something, I'm just going to do it no matter what. 1,000%. You know? And I will say that I used that line of thought a lot with my special coming out because my agents first pitched it to the networks. And I knew that the backup plan was like, if a network doesn't buy it, we're putting it on YouTube, which nowadays it's like, honestly, it's not even a backup. It's like a great other option. But we still, I think as comics, especially, but just anybody, it's like, there's that shiny kind of star-studded idea of like a network bought it right and you're right, right. you're getting like this big fancy paycheck and it, you're going to be on the billboards and all this stuff it's like there's still part of you that wants that and when you are told no like when it's like hey we're not going to buy this it feels like a rejection and so mm-hmm. I had done that whole thing though like you said where I was trying to not put too much energy into if the networks were going to buy it or not. I knew that what was in my control was that if it doesn't get bought, I'm going to put it on YouTube. And I will say that my special has had so much success on YouTube that it has taught me this huge lesson of like, what you think you want might not even be the best. (laughs) It's like, we don't always know. 
right? Like sometimes the thing that's just like you're doing what you can control is actually like a great thing. You know, don't be afraid of what of what that is, because I've been blown away. I mean, it's at one point six million views and it's been out for like three months. I would have never like I I could not have predicted what was going to happen on there. And I feel so grateful that it's it's had the reception it's had. Yes, exactly. It's, love that quote, like rejection is redirection. Yes. And it's like you, we, we have these preconceived notions that, oh, this would be the best possible scenario for this thing. But we tend to block out all the other potential scenarios for it. Mm-hmm. And when I really think about my career, all the things that I've been able to do in my own way or have some creative control over have been the things that have worked. Yes. The stuff that I, I that the stuff that I had to go a traditional route, I didn't enjoy very much. There was a lot of rules I had to follow that I didn't agree with. Like I can look at all those things to the point where I'm like, part of me hopes that I don't have to do a traditional thing at any point ever again, right? Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm open to it, but yeah. I also know what comes along with some of those routes too. And I love that such a great. Uh, great example Kels is like yeah there's just there's more than one way to get somewhere and if you've made up your mind that you're gonna fucking do it because you are you feel the driving force to do it then nobody can take that from you you're gonna make it happen yeah Yeah, and and believe in yourself if you believe that what you're about to put out there is is worth it because I got a really I don't think I I don't know if I told you this Del but I got a nice piece of validation that I I didn't expect I didn't know that I would get to hear something like this but you know after the special had been out for a couple months my agent had called the networks the television networks that had passed on it and was like just just kind of like a hey just wanted to let you know that Kelsey's special is that you know I think at the time he called it was like 1.5 million views or something like that he's like just want to let you know like hey her special ended up doing really well on YouTube so like you know next time there's something you really right. might want to consider this, and um, right. one of the one of the television networks apparently told him they <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, we fucked up." Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like what yeah. a what a validating feeling that like the thing that I was giving so much power to, you know, right. these big shiny networks were like, "Oh man, it'd be so cool." And then to kind of get that rejection, feel a little bummed about it, but have the special do so well on its own. And then to have those yeah. places that I put so much power in, admit to my agent, like, yeah, we fucked up. We should we should have yes. bought it. Man, what a what a validating feeling. What a, a good reminder to just like, if you've got something you believe in, put it out there and right. it, it will find a way. Like, even if it's not the exactly. way you thought or the way you hoped, it, it will still find a way. Oh my God, exactly. I think about even the fact that self-helpless exists is because we all got rejected for something else first together. Like we made something together that was being pitched and all this stuff and whatever. And, you know, things weren't kind of biting or whatever. So we decided to make the, like self-helpless wouldn't exist without being rejected about for something. And then this became such a huge part and such a positive part of our lives. I just, yeah, it's like you, I think you mentioned something and it's like, you know, you, you cannot give your power away to other people. You have to keep your power. If you're giving your power away to people, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, tr- I mean, I would have yeah. been totally fine never hearing that from the network, that that's how they right. felt. But it was a nice, like, kind of peek behind the curtain that, right. I, I don't know. It's just, I, I wanted to share that with you listeners, too, that, like, if you're in a position where you have felt rejected by something, just know, like, right. you never know. Exactly. Exactly. And you never know like what they have to keep in mind about what they're what they're saying oh, yes yeah. to or no to. Like you have no idea what their guidelines are from their supervisors oh, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like it's just you have to yeah, you got to stop letting things like that make make it what 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 you what you're like making them mean about you or your project or your thing. Like it don't, right. don't take it personal. I listen. I looked at her and I was like, "Don't take it personally." I was looking at the agreements, yeah. It's like, listen, sometimes exactly. sometimes you're going to get rejected for something because you're not ready for it. Like that truly, yeah. that is a reality. I think you right. have to take some of the four agreements with a grain of salt. Like I have right. not gotten some opportunities in my life because I was not ready for them. But right. like you said, I think there are a lot of times where like with networks, it's like sometimes they don't have the budget or they've got another project they're working on. It's like there are a lot of things that really you shouldn't take personally. Um, right. But yeah. exactly exactly um also a big fan of potentially batching things that that could help you stop some overthinking loops like what i mean by that let's say that you are a you you write a blog or something and every time you sit down to just write one blog post you get trapped in an overthinking spiral Mm -hmm. but instead if you say i'm going to write three blog posts at one in one sitting i'm going to give myself 45 minutes to do so Sometimes that can help you overthink each piece or help you stop overthinking each piece and your new goal becomes, I'm going to write three pieces in 45 minutes or something. So batching certain things can help. I know for me, I can batch certain tasks, but I cannot batch others. Like when Kelsey and I record a podcast, we record one podcast that day. We don't record a bazillion things. Um, However, if I'm like, maybe editing, giving editing notes to podcasts, I can do several of those in a day and that doesn't, that helps, you know, it's easy. But so I think that can be a tool for people as well, especially with perfectionism. And then um, another thing that has helped me is just taking a fucking break from whatever that thing is that you're overthinking. I remember, I'm pretty sure before I left social media and all that stuff, um, I took a trip with Cam to his let's see his family where they have like a cabin in the middle of nowhere it's really nice like you don't get much reception you really have to shut off and leading up to that I had been overthinking about like again like something with social media right what 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 my fucking bio should say and all that kind of stuff and taking like a week away from that it I gained clarity of like oh I don't actually even want to be on it that's the actual root of the mm, problem. Yeah. It's not that I, I got to change my fucking bio. It's actually, I don't want to be on it, yeah. but I don't, I, I wouldn't have gained that clarity if I hadn't been able to really step away and give myself some space from it. So sometimes it's just a, a break. If you can't feel you, you are not coming to like a resolution. You still feel uneasy about something. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. My, <clears throat> my last tip is when you are overthinking, ask yourself, what is this, what is the benefit of this? What is this accomplishing to be overthinking in this way? Like, what am I, what am I hoping to gain from this? Am I, do I think I'm going to be a better person by overthinking this and overanalyzing this? Is this going to make me better at my job? I feel like so often the answer is just like, no, like there's, 
this right. isn't going to improve something. I think, of course, you should like make sure that you are doing what you can in your work to be the best version of yourself. But so much of what we do is unproductive spiraling. So right. like when I like had had found out from the networks that they weren't going to pick up my special, there was that temptation to start overthinking and like kind of look at my special in a negative light and be like, man, was like, is this special not good enough? Why, why did they not want it? And then I'm so glad that I stopped myself. I could feel that starting to come on and I really stopped myself and was like, we're not going to do this. Like we feel good about the special. We're going to stay happy about it. And I'm so glad I didn't because then look to get to see the other side of somebody going, Oh, we fucked up by not taking it. It's like, see that, that would have been such a waste in that situation to try and like beat myself up or, figure out if I could have done a better job it's like it wasn't personal right you right. know exactly <laughs> so exactly yes I totally agree and then my final one as well as Kelsey you've talked about this a bunch on the podcast is just a little bit of meditation every day I know that you mm-hmm. were like very committed to like you've been able to stick to that for a long time it took me a long time to be able to actually do that mm-hmm. and stick to it and my god is it so helpful yeah just what's going on in your body even with just like what is it the parasympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. just like actually calming that down does reduce like the the spiral the the overthinking spiral whatever's going on in the body everything just kind of slows down and you start to realize that the things that maybe you were going to be overthinking about don't actually have to be tended to today or yeah. at all. It's like yeah. really an interesting, I, I over, my overthinking is so much worse on days that I haven't really meditated. So yeah, I know it's such a, it's a no brainer one, but my God, if you actually do it, it, it's very helpful. Oh yeah. And I'm not perfect. God. I mean, uh, <clears throat> more days than not, I don't meditate, but I feel like I do things most days that are most days that are meditative. So it's like, I go on walks yes. or I, go work out or I listen to me like I know that sitting down and doing a meditation obviously has different benefits than doing these things that are more of like a shortcut to it but (laughs) I do think it's like whatever you can do right we I think we try to emphasize on the show progress not perfection like do what you can to take care of yourself it looks different for everybody amen amen yes um all right uh we hope that that was helpful. We've got an iTunes review of the episode. Uh, this is from Josh S. Rance. The best. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so sad. I just finished listening to your social anxiety episode and I have officially finished binging all of your episodes. Um, I found you ladies in July after watching Taylor's Netflix special loved and have been obsessed ever since. You all do such a great job of picking relevant topics that are so interesting and informative and make them so entertaining to listen to. Super sad I finished binging because now I can't listen to you ladies throughout my long days. Love you all so much and I'm excited to start listening weekly. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. That is so nice. Josh. Josh S. Rance. Josh S. Thank you so much. What a kind and thoughtful review thank you so much for so taking the time thoughtful. to leave that. man absolutely and if you want 65 extra episodes to binge um if you haven't checked out the patreon uh stuff that we do we got stuff over there as well patreon.com self-helpless yeah and a lot we of those over- are like 
Oh, sorry, I yeah. didn't interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say the episodes where we were not overthinking what we were saying, unfortunately for us, fortunately for you guys. But. <laughs> yeah, we probably could have overthought a little bit more on those episodes, but yeah. they are there for you for, to, to binge if you ran out of episodes. That's super nice. They sure are. Um, Kels, do you have any uh, um, updates, segments, things that you want to share or plug yeah so i just got back from a trip to spokane with chad we went and visited my family and saw some of my best friends and it was such a great trip i you guys know that now that i live in minnesota i see my mom closer to like once a month now maybe once every six weeks and so when i get to see her um and of course, it's so amazing to see my dad and my stepmom and my friends as well. Um, but of course, uh, like I've talked about before on here, my mom has something called frontotemporal dementia. And so my trips home, when I see her, are very, it's very precious time for me because, um, you know, she tends to be a little different each time I come home now because the disease is progressive and uh, also it just really fluctuates like on a not just a day-to-day basis but even like the time of day that I talk to her or see her and so um the first day that I went and saw her during the trip she was pretty out of it and I couldn't it it didn't seem like she fully recognized me right when she saw me like it took her a little time Mm. um and then the second time we went and visited visited her during the trip um she was so excited to see me and just like we had a really amazing trip. We, I, I was playing old Beatles performances for her on my phone, and Aww. she could, like, God, the brain is so fascinating, especially with music. She could still remember the lyrics, and so she was, like, kind of wow. singing along to it a little bit, and, um, yeah, it just, it, it's... <clears throat> it's such a bittersweet thing to go visit home because I get to see her in person and hug her and, and have that time with her. But it also, it really does kind of like wreck me for a little while afterward because it is so hard to, to see my mom like that. And yeah. um, Yeah. I just, I I miss, I miss my mom every day. Um, You know, the mom that I've, known my whole life it's if you have a loved one with dementia you know it's it's such a strange experience where like you're looking at them but they're not there it's like it's a you know a very different version of the person that you've known and it's hard it's really it's really it's really hard so it's been over two and a half years now since she was diagnosed and they initially in the hospital gave her six weeks to live and so wild yeah it's just um it is a lot it's it is really heavy and hard and heartbreaking all the time but um yeah so it was it was a bittersweet trip it's so great to see her um but just you know it's yeah it's hard it's emotional yeah yeah yeah, so that's that's my segment. Um, tell me what's going on yeah. with you. What's the segment that you have? Um, let's see. Nothing really comes to mind. You know, I've been just really enjoying a, a lot of podcasting lately. I mean, really, just like that's just kind of something I'm doing almost 
daily right now. And um, whether it's self-helpless or recording the, the career podcast that I have, I'm also guesting a lot of podcasts right now, a lot of like um, vegan and environmental type shows, um, which has been interesting. So wow. if you're interested in like, it's it's been really fun. I I just realized like how much I enjoy this medium and and doing this and I think in the past I've really been afraid to kind of go all in with it because I've always felt like I need several things out of fear mm-hmm. right like I need I need a lot of different things in case something doesn't work out I gotta have a fallback plan mm. but I'm just allowing myself to really double down on it because I really enjoy it so um if you're interested in any of those like I was on the the world vegan travel podcast vegan posse uh plant-centered podcast i've just been i've just been doing a lot of podcast circuits oh, cool. I guess. Yeah. and it's just been uh it's i've just really enjoyed connecting with people i would have never met otherwise and so if you have uh if you know have a podcast or if you have like a, a an event um in that space that you're curious about you know me potentially uh, being involved in or whatever I would really love to hear from you. So, you know, get, go to DelaneyFisher.com, send a message, and, um, you know, chances are I might be able to, to do it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of it. And then uh, another plug thing that I definitely overthought about is <laughs> truly uh, how much I love the show The Other Two. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh-uh. it uh, seriously – one of my favorite shows that have been on in so long. I laugh out loud every single episode. The writing is excellent. The acting, the casting, everything. So great. And I even overthought about should I share this or not? Because there is like seems to be some controversy over why the show was canceled. And I, I'm like, oh God, does me sharing how much I love the show <sighs> indirectly condone anything that might may or may not be happening? I don't know. But anyway, <sighs> like I'm just like, look, I even overthought mentioning one of my favorite tv shows that i enjoy oh man so it's just never ending but anyway it's um it's i just think it's such a fucking hilarious show and uh that's it that's all i got (laughs) all right well we hope that you guys can relate to some of this today and that some of the tips are helpful and uh yeah Uh, i'm excited to see you guys on tour kelseycook.com for those tour date tickets please follow me on social media if you don't um i'm on tiktok facebook instagram all the places you know delaney has chosen a much more peaceful path and i'm jealous (laughs) but i gotta keep my comedy there's always a downside to that too (laughs) gotta keep my comedy promo promo train rolling so uh come follow me on online if you haven't and yeah love it yeah, DelaneyFisher.com for Career Crush, the podcast. And thank you so much for that lovely review. If you want to leave a review for the show, you know, it might get read on the very next episode. We'd love to love to have it. Yeah. All right, guys. We love right. you. We hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 